Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Real conversations with real investors. He's head of private wealth at Crystal.ai, and he's also a band member. How's the guitaring going, Swapnil Mishra? It has been tough. You know, Zoom sessions for jamming are are extremely difficult. <laughs> I can't imagine keeping timing. Have you bought any new guitars? Uh, no, I, but but I did manage to buy online, uh, uh, you know, some equipment which I needed so that I could. Uh, you know transfer the music to the garage band and um, it's amazing the online music stores are functioning you just go and buy yeah <laughs> so, i know cuz i just yeah. bought a guitar i did oh nice yes but i think it's broken uh, swapnil yeah unfortunately i don't sound like taylor swift at all <laughs> and it only plays open chords i don't know what's going on anyway um thank you very much for joining us a lot happening first up the bazooka budget 33 billion singapore dollars it's called the fortitude budget um and it, you know a lot of aims protect jobs help firms retain workers help everybody from hawkers to SMEs adapt to a post covid-19 world uh, because uh, you know there's a reality that the pandemic has permanently reshaped how business is done so what do you think about this fourth edition of singapore's budget and what it means i think it's a very very powerful uh, tool uh, that that has been used and uh, again you know in in terms of the uh, the implementation uh, the way the government has calibrated Uh, the entire uh, implementation is very interesting so breaking it up into phases and of course coming specifically at this point where they are focusing on the three c's as we say uh, the cash flows costs and uh, credit so uh, i guess the approach that is being taken here is uh, for central banks in many countries uh, rate cut is one method to boost credit and the assumption is that the financial sector or the banks will play the role to ensure that the credit is provided or uh, the marginalized or the difficult sectors are being taken care of over here i think that has there is more granularity to that entire implementation mm. which i think is a very very positive sign uh, because you're not leaving it to chance that the sector gets taken care of and and and, and even defining it at the level of which sector is is impacted more and providing more buffer for them or coverage for them i think it's um, it's very powerful um and 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 hopefully some of this will translate into uh you know keeping the capacities uh, and uh you know production of the existing industries or existing you know service sector uh supported uh, at least for the next two or three months uh, and then hopefully things get better in two three months Do you think uh, it tackles the pain points in the short term we had an analyst early on who said you know he did he didn't think so what do you think I think the assumption here is that the second wave so I, I mean whether the second wave is there or not number one like number two is the second wave going to be worse than the uh, first one or at least close enough mm. uh, if it does not happen uh, and and I would I would say that given the level of alertness that is there today uh, in 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 people and in these in, in terms of the way we operate uh, I think it will be it it will not be as bad as the first one which means with all the support measures we should be able to um, get over the next uh, i would say 3 months uh, which is what uh, even the support is for in terms of the budget 
Yeah, I'm sure in terms of granularity, households cheering that $800 million have been set aside for those affected by COVID-19, $100 utility rebates for households, financial support for those who are unemployed because of retrenchment or contract termination, as well as those on involuntary no-pay leave. So making sure that the help is targeted, and the help gets to hands in a time frame that they need it in. Uh, speaking of help, let's take a step back and look at central bank government in intervention in markets. We've talked about this a little bit in previous shows, um, you know, free markets versus intervention and whether or not the intervention is going to confuse things for investors trying to figure out um, price per share or valuation of a company. What do you think of the long-term impact of central bank intervention in markets? Is there concern for um, unintended consequences? I mean, if you ask any economist, uh, this the answer to this question would be intervention is not good because it uh, disrupts or interrupts the demand-supply mechanics. Um, now, at the same time, there is the element of protection. So there is you know, there's this dilemma whether to protect or to um, or to just let things uh, you know so so allow a company to go bankrupt because they have not kept enough cash uh, surplus in their balance sheet for. Uh, unforeseen events. Uh, central banks, I think the financial crisis was the first time where we saw, you know, more coordinated effort. And this time, the time, you know, taken for central banks to take action was very, very short. Uh, they, they almost anticipated the the challenges and uh, came out with, and then the terms also, of, you know, used in the press, things like bazookas uh, and, and anything it takes. So there's, you know, basically no limit uh, to the amount of, uh, uh, you know, QE or, or printing that will be done. Mm. Now, uh, from an economic point of view, the long-term impact of this is is not clear uh, because it can go either which ways. So you can have a situation where it's inflationary because it is the market is, I mean, the, there was no need for so much liquidity and suddenly uh, you're seeing inflation uh, threats or you may have a deflationary environment where you're saying, wait a second, things are not picking up and, and, and you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of a problem where your interest rates anyway are going towards negative. So I think it is uncharted territory and the intensity this time is higher than that of the financial crisis. Now, how much of this intervention is translating into benefit other than supporting the market is, again, questionable. So if there is... Uh, $1 trillion which is pumped into uh, the the, uh, the financial system, how much of that actually helps and how much of it really goes back into the market is is not very clear and it's difficult to uh, measure. Uh, so so you, you'll have basically points on both sides. I do believe that in the current environment where bankruptcies are a, are a, are a real risk because companies cannot just function uh, in, in a lockdown, um, support is crucial. So if Fed is saying that they will come out there and help, uh, you know, or, or, or companies or uh, central banks are supporting the airline uh, industry, I think it's um, it's needed at this stage, uh, even though economics may, may say that, you know, uh, don't intervene in the market demand supply. Mm. All right, let's take a look at markets in general. The uh, tech-heavy Nasdaq finished relatively flat. Um, that's what we're looking at this morning. But big tech has led the recent recovery from March lows. Do you think it can drive us into the next bull run? 
I mean, the way things are moving right now, <laughs> we saw key levels broken uh, last night. So S&P broke uh, 3,000. 3, you had the Dow Jones breaking the 25,000. 200-day uh, moving average was uh, also broken. So all uh, factors, you know, if, if somebody is following, uh, is, a, is investing in the trends, mm. then these are the signals for the next run. Um, uh, but on the other hand, if you look at the upcoming you know second quarter earnings so of course in case of quarter one earnings the tech firms led the way and then apart from a few healthcare stocks uh, it was the big tech um, and how much uh, you know how much will they be impacted in quarter two earnings will probably uh, give us uh, more uh, clarity in terms of uh, whether big tech will lead or whether this uh, optimism will spread to other sectors as well other than the big tech. Do you think the US-Chinese um, heating up or cooling down of the Cold War end this week, we're expected to hear an announcement of ten- sanctions perhaps from the White House. So is this going to impact what big tech can, you know, move, how it can move? I think it, it, it will definitely disrupt to some extent. I don't think it's it, it's a signal that people have to start selling their uh, uh, you know, uh, Baidu and Alibaba's of the world, uh, mm. because in the worst case, there'll be, you know, listing will be managed. Uh, and, and this could all just be a bluff as well. So it, 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 I don't think it will get to a point where it is uh, completely disruptive. Uh, this, this could just also be like, you know, Trump talk on uh, nuclear testing. So true, yeah. uh, <laughs> true. We had an analyst come on and he had a great analogy. He said, you know, um, when you look at tech, you need to think of the decoupling and think of two sides of a chessboard and buy both sides, U.S. and Chinese tech. Um, is, is that a good strategy? Absolutely. I totally agree, agree with that analogy. And I would say uh, buying both sides uh, because both have the necessary uh, size. So you're not doing a David and Goliath strategy. Your, your chessboard is analogy is perfect. Uh, and, it, and it makes sense to be invested in both sides. Mm. Swapnil Mishra is who I'm speaking with. He's head of private wealth at Crystal.ai. Let's talk a little bit about um, an idea that seems to have caught on quite a bit. Trump talking about delisting Chinese equity. What do you make of that? I think I think it's a, it's something that may be a bluff uh, because the impact can be quite severe, especially if you're talking about some of the large uh, companies which are listed there. And um, uh, it, it uh, you know they may still, they may still transition out and and you, who knows uh, the ultimate beneficiary of that could become uh, your Shanghai and Hong Kong uh, mm-hmm. exchanges uh, you know for the investors. So I would I would consider that as uh, not a panic sign. So if that happens, wouldn't Alibaba Holdings be affected? It is the the largest it, U.S. listed corp- corporation. Yeah. So one is, of course, some of you know the corporations are structured in a way that they don't, uh, from a technical point of view, they are not. Uh, you know, Chinese ownership is not seen. That's one because they have vehicles in the middle. The second is the fact that uh, the investors can easily shift to the uh, to the other exchanges. So it's not as if you're just you have one exchange to to hold uh, your assets. You don't think it's going to have irreparable impact on Chinese businesses. I don't think it will be. Uh, no, I don't think so. Hey, really the damage is too severe uh, for that to happen. So it, it will not happen. 
Okay. Let's switch gears and talk about something that uh, some investors see the shine is being restored to silver. What do you think? <laughs> silver, I think last, uh, you know, what you mentioned earlier, 1997 was when I think uh, uh, Warren Buffett had bought uh, lots of silver and uh, booked profits in a couple of years. So silver is, of course, you know, it, it's, it's, it's far smaller. I think it's about one-tenth uh, the size uh, in terms of gold. Um, and it requires a lot more storage space. Uh, so that's the other issue. But in terms of volatility, silver is a lot more volatile. Uh, it's just that even in 2008, 2009, silver caught the attention because in a rally, uh, silver tends to outperform uh, gold. Uh, but that's because that? you're taking higher risk. Yeah. Yes. So so it, it, it rewards you for the risk that you take. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So but, uh, is, how is silver doing vis-a-vis gold performance? So it has outperformed in the in the recent uh, past. It has outperformed, and that is kind of why it is you know back in the limelight. Um, a lot of people trade the ratio, and that is why they track the whole to uh, right, ratio. Right, right, right. Um, and that ratio has dropped a little more than six full points correct, in correct. the past week, and it fell from a high uh, just north. How do you buy silver? You can buy the ETF. So silver ETFs are available uh, to buy. Okay. So you can you can trade it. Uh, you can put money into the production of it and outright yeah, ownership. I mean, yeah, you can do out. I mean, of course, physical ownership is one thing, but otherwise SLV is there, which is the most one of the popular ones, uh, silver ETF. So you can buy the iShares silver ETF. So, okay. So a number of ways just like to the, include... Just like the gold ETF. number of ways to include silver among your assets. Uh, I mean, personally... Have you dabbled in gold? Uh, silver, excuse me. No, I, I mean, I personally feel that gold is something which is uh, a more core uh, diversifier. Uh, mm. Having said that, if, if somebody is, uh, you know, wants to experiment a little or is brave, can consider some exposure to silver. But I think gold is, um, is, is the definite over here. Why? Because uh, it's a store of value? I mean, silver is seen as a non-producing asset. Its price goes up if people agree to pay more for it. Right. Correct. So the so volatility of silver is higher. So if you catch it in the in the bull run, then you'll make more money, but uh, you're taking more risk uh, for the same. Got it. Got it. Okay. So UK sold gilts with a negative yield for the first time in history, uh, and investors paid for the privilege of borrowing from the UK government. <laughs> what a strange statement! The three-year bond, <laughs> which matures in 2023, raised some 3.75 billion pounds for the government, was sold. Uh, who are the beneficiaries of this? So this is, of course, this is sovereign. So in a way, the government is raising the debt and, and using it, uh, you know, for uh, the, for their own uh, uh, demands. Uh, the, the point over here, which is interesting, is that uh, it has gone from a potential event to a possibility, and then to a reality. It's happened, yeah. yeah. Um, and and that, uh, you know, suddenly. So, see, so Europe, uh, EU zone has seen negative interest rates for some time. Mm. Like, like you know, banks in Switzerland, uh, they do charge uh, or pass on the negative rate to the clients, which means if the clients actually keep cash in that bank, they have to pay. Um, which bank is this? Was... I'm making sure I don't put my money there. Where is this? <laughs> no, no, I, I won't name <laughs> the banks here. But <laughs> did you say Sweden? <laughs> So this is in in, uh, in Switzerland, of course, Switzerland, the private yeah. banking sector, they have been passing the cost on right. to the clients. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, uh, this is something which is a reality and uh, of course the demand for this bond was low uh, having said that uh, they still you know managed to raise this money and investors are going to get uh, less money than they invested uh, in, in 3 years time and i don't know what this means for us whether Uh, you know trump reads this headline and says okay if uk can have negative interest rate and well, europe can have f- why not you he's been banging the drum about negative interest rates all right the <laughs> yeah. gift he says it's a gift yeah. oh, so I, i don't know where this negative interest rate will go uh, but this is this is something to watch out for i would definitely say All right, let's take a look back at news that can impact us back home. We love our REITs here in Singapore. Oh, yes, we do. But as you know, we started talking about how the new future for businesses is going to looks like it's going to change radically. And when it comes to working, 9 and 10 uh, employees in Singapore say they want to continue working from home. Twitter said that its employees can work from home forever. Mastercard, Shopify, Facebook, Google, all firms looking to shift to remote working. Uh what what does this mean for commercial REITs? I think uh, for commercial REITs this is not uh, good news. Um this will require some uh, rebalance between the demand and the supply so which of course means that the the rentals yields are affected and it also affects the dividend payout for commercial reits so investors in commercial reits will have to uh, be prepared for lower uh, dividend payout mm. i think while the survey and i'm actually quite surprised by the 9 out of 10 i must uh, admit hmm. uh, i i thought people are who are working from home are just uh, tired of sitting at home and will be just you know, dying to get back to office speaking from experience are <laughs> <are> you <laughs> um i guess you know people can do without the commute and are realizing that they can do so much from home yeah so and i think if the companies encourage that hmm. because they start seeing the benefit of you know saving costs then uh, as as a combination it can impact the the yield and and put pressure on the uh, commercial rates for sure but in the in the medium to long run mm-hmm. i mean this is it's not the end of office and end of cbd so it's 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 a, it's a period of volatility for a you know period of you know, let's say for a few quarters but otherwise um, uh, you know offices will remain and commercial rates will have a role to play for uh, both investors and uh, uh, real estate owners. Uh, yeah. So your your overview of markets you've been sitting at home and monitoring markets what are they doing now in, in your opinion? What's driving the the rally? So I think in case of uh, US which is the biggest market yeah. there is a lot more faith in the central bank uh, preventing uh, anything bad from happening. and that has given the confidence for a lot of the money to come in second is a lot of people are still sitting on sidelines so there is liquidity uh, which has not yet gone in and now is the point where that you know entire fomo will happen so people who have not invested in a big way in the last 3 months will be looking back and saying hey i missed this entire rally now what should i do s&p is at 3000 will it go to 3300 uh and 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 it it makes investment decisions difficult and um, i i mean i would say while uh, uh, markets are from a valuation point of view are rich um one shouldn't just you know uh, go all in 
just because the market has rallied and it looks on a very positive uh, momentum. All right. Yeah, things look really positive. Everybody holding up for the hope, you know, that a vaccine's going to come through. But we had a guest just this morning talking about how the reality of a worldwide vaccination program is that it's going to be difficult and it's going to take some time. And so it's going to take a yeah. while to return to 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 the you know normal as as we understand it. In the meantime, though, we we love having you walk us through what's happening. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh yeah, thank you. And um, I guess you didn't ask for the song. Uh, wait, I do. I do need to ask. We started with Taylor Swift. We got to end with it uh, for everybody out there. He's a Swifty, but I always ask him for a song that reflects the markets. Go, go for it, Swapno. So right now, if you see the real economy, people are struggling. Uh, there are debts happening, and on the other hand, you know, equity markets have rallied. So I thought of the song Alan by Alanis, uh, the ironic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's the song <laughs> that says it so well I wish I had Ironic to play right now hey have a good day Swapnil thanks so much you too take care bye Swapnil Mishra head of private wealth at crystal.ai before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives financial situation and risk tolerance to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.